0: From the flight deck of the Battlestar Galactica, it's the IGN Digijs. So please welcome two men who are absolutely not Cylons whatsoever Wade Major and Mark Kaiser. What an incredibly prescient opening. Bob, who who knew that we'd be talking Battlestar Galactica today? Who was it? Stuart Monker. Ah, yes. Good silent impression, Bob. Now, <laughs> oh, Mark, how we? – first of all, we should say we, we, uh, we've been off for a couple of weeks. We have. Yes, and we were only supposed to be off for one week. That was the week of Christmas when IGN shuts down every year. Um, but uh, we, we had to cancel the week before that as well because Los Angeles literally floated away.
1: It rained, man. It really did. You know he, What's funny about Los Angeles is that people think that Los Angeles is sunny all the time. In fact, there was a song in the 70s. It never rains in Southern California. Yeah, well, fat, in Southern, chance. In Southern California, here's the thing. I, I'm not saying it's not great weather most of the time, but here's what we have. We have rains. Yeah. And by the way, it rains probably 10 times a year in Los Angeles, but it can really rain. Oh, yeah. When you're an going. And the rains bring in mudslides. Yeah. Now we have earthquakes. And fires. And fires. Yeah. It smells Big. like hot chocolate. Could you smell something?
0: Right now? Yeah, seriously. Hot chocolate?
1: It smells like hot chocolate.
0: I, you, you, you can't you, smell that? No, you've you got a little holiday residue in the nose there. Uh,
1: either that or I'm having a heart attack.
0: <laughs> you went to a pretty swinging uh, New Year's Eve party too, didn't you?
1: I went to uh, Charles De DeLazurica's uh, New Year's Eve party.
0: Which I could not make it to, but uh, how was it?
1: Uh, Charles, as you know, is the uh, premier DVD extras producer in Hollywood.
0: Yes, he is.
1: And uh, he's got a beautiful home uh, in Hollywood to show for it, and uh, he's doing great. And he's cranking out DVD stuff while also uh, doing his own side projects, which we're really, really excited for him about. That's awesome. And uh, you know what? Good. Although I heard that uh, after I left – see, I, I went early because I had another party to go to. And I was told by Charles that after I left, things yes. got really, really interesting. Oh, really? I really wish I would have stayed because it was a swinging party. Wow. But I had to go to another party. Wow. Well. Because I'm cool, Wait, How many parties did and you, you go and that to? that was another
0: swing and party you went to after that, wasn't it?
1: I went to uh, Kevin Pollack's uh, New Year's Eve party. Kevin Pollack is host of the uh, Kevin Pollack Chat Show, which is a great uh, talk show. And it's at uh, KevinPollackChatshow.com, I think.
0: Something like that.
1: Uh, and he, you're,
0: just a, you're a mover and a shaker.
1: I move and I shake. And I went to his uh, – he's got a beautiful new home. And I went to his uh, New Year's Eve party. Yep. A really fun party. He's a great host. And uh, so I wound up having a really, really nice – New Year's Eve. Sometimes I don't do anything for New Year's Eve. I eat pizza. No, here's what happens and here's what happens on New Year's Eve. This is what happens. Uh, I get invited to nothing, mm-hmm. right? And then I pretend like it's okay that I got invited to nothing because I really don't feel like doing anything, right? So I'm okay with it because I don't feel like doing much. And then at about 3 o'clock on New Year's Eve, I have nothing to do because I courted nothing and I feel like an idiot. And I wind up staying home and doing nothing. Awesome. But this year, I went to two great parties. Charlie DeLazurica and Kevin Pollack. Wait, what are you holding in your left hand?
0: I am holding a movie from Vanguard, which we need to talk about because it's important. This movie is called Pinprick. Mark, why is this movie important to talk about? Because we did the audio commentary. Yes, that's right. We sure did. And uh, for that reason, we are going to review this right now. And we're going to say that writer-director Daniel Young is a genius and that the commentary is uh, just gold. gold. Absolute (laughs) gold. That's gold. No, this is uh, – run out and grab this, really. We have uh, done a number of uh, commentaries for Vanguard. And as it happens, we're going to be recording another one this week. But uh, Pinprick is a really, really sharp little film. And uh, really one of the more enjoyable uh, commentaries, I think, that we've done.
1: Well, it was enjoyable because I did most
0: of the talking. Yes, there you go. No, no, it's uh, it's actually quite a quite a cool little uh, little thrillery confection. And you
1: know what? Here's the thing: it's a good little movie. Look, we don't have to. Uh, we pretty much get to choose. Yeah. The film that we want to do commentary for. Yeah. And we choose the film that we like the best. Yeah. Not that the other films aren't good too, but we choose the film we think we can contribute the most to in any given month
0: yes. of Vanguard releases. Yes.
1: And this month, it was pinprick. Yep, So Absolutely. that means we like it. Otherwise, you would not have done that audio commentary. Y- you know
0: what? Look, a lot of these really sharp little ideas, these, these clever little... Um these clever little scripts they just uh sometimes the filmmakers these days they get sick and tired of sitting around and waiting for the machine to eventually catch up with them and because the uh, the materials are so inexpensive now, you can get a camera, you can get a sound package and if you live in the east coast, you can uh, you know you can you can do this without ever having to go to New York or come to l a and some of these guys just say, you know why not it's i'm never going to get it into a thousand or two thousand or three thousand theaters i mean, it 's probably going to go straight to d v d but at least i 'll do it my way and moving like pinprick really is uh, is a testimony to that. so bravo Daniel Young, and uh, we were very proud to uh, proud to do a commentary for this.
1: Yep, so check it out. Rent it. Let us know what you think. By the way, we're very serious on these commentaries. We are not the wacky, crazy, wild and crazy guys.
0: No, no, no we uh, we actually wax philosophical.
1: Yes, we have to have respect for the filmmaker's yeah, way.
0: That's right. Well, I also want to make mention of uh, a little thing here, because we got a giveaway this week.
1: What?
0: Yes, we do. The people at Anchor Bay were very nice to uh, provide us with a DVD to be given away for And Soon the Darkness. This will go to um, whoever can uh, give us the most creative New Year limerick. <sighs> oh my God! So send us a limerick, put, uh, put uh, darkness in the subject... And just send us uh, a limerick about 2011.
1: Why are you going to make people work for a DVD of a film they've never heard of?
0: You know, because uh, it's worth checking out. No, people have... Look, it's got Odette Yustman in it. You remember Odette Yustman? Oh, Odette lo- Yustman. Yes, you loved her in... Uh, delicious yes she is but you also loved her in the, uh, the 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 soup movie with the where she pours soup on uh, oh um on you the, again you again
1: well because no because i i saw her in <laughs> this uh on that movie i saw her in this horrible david goyer directed uh horror films that I, I can't remember the name of it and uh that's where i first saw her yeah uh now i'm under the impression she's getting married
0: is she I believe she's so. also well, she's a regular now on or for as long as it takes till they kill her off or something on uh, Brothers and Sisters Sunday evenings. Really? And she's very good on it. So I, I'm
1: uh, that's interesting because she should be cultivating a movie career.
0: She should be. But she's actually quite good on the show. It's nice to see her on the show. Now, by nice the way, do something that's not terrible.
1: In, and soon the darkness, you get uh, Carl Urban, who played Bones in the Star Trek film.
0: Yes, he did.
1: You love J.J. Star Trek film.
0: Uh, not really, but I like him. I mean, he was one of the better guys in that film. He did. He did a really good impersonation of, uh, you know, of a young McCoy. Yes, and
1: they finally told you how he got the name, nickname Bones.
0: Yeah, which which is is just some junk they made up for this movie. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, no. Anyway, this is about a couple of women who go to Argentina for uh, you know a just a nice getaway, and of course, as you know from any movie, anyone who goes anywhere for a vacation does not have a nice vacation. Things just go horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. I won't say this is a little bit like Deliverance, but uh, you know what? It's uh, it gets into kind of Deliverance territory, and uh, I I actually thought it was pretty sharp. It's available on DVD and Blu-ray. The Blu-ray is uh, is very very well done for uh, for a direct to DVD story, uh, but a direct to DVD title. But um, we got the DVD here, and uh, we're going to be giving this away. So send us a limerick about uh, 2011. Can't be that hard. Limericks are limericks. Wait, so you will judge? Yeah.
1: You will judge the best limerick.
0: Well, I'll let you judge the best limerick. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Look so, at that. So get us, uh, send us your limericks. Send us your limericks, and we will pick the, uh, the most enjoyable one, the most creative one. We'll read it on the show, and then we will send you, and soon, the darkness. Just get those limericks into us before January 6th. So get them, uh, well, I'm sorry, 7th. Get them into us before the 7th. Uh, anytime right up uh, through the 6th. Once the uh, the clock strikes midnight and it's January 7th, uh, we won't take any more submissions. So we're looking for those. Put darkness in the subject line, darkness and a limerick about 2011. And what to expect. Can be movies, could be anything. Could be, you know, pork futures. I don't care.
1: You know what? This is your rodeo. I have no idea. You just pulled it out of your butt. Let's write a limerick.
0: Yeah, that's why. Yeah, why I, not? I had not? no idea that was about to happen. So, uh, TV, movies, let's compilations. Let's do some movies.
1: Come on. Let's movie it up. It's the first week of the year. Yeah. yeah I didn't well, see this. I didn't even see this. You talk about it. Oh, did,
0: I, thought you, I thought you saw this. No. Did you not? Okay. Well, I did not. Well, there we go. Um, <laughs> this is a horrendous movie. And really? Honestly? Why would I see that? I don't know. It's, it's, it's devil. <laughs> it's about the devil in an elevator. Wow, that's funny. Uh, well, here's the thing. Devil is uh, produced by M. Night Shyamalan, who actually conceived the story. And that should tell you right there that there's a problem with this. Uh, it, it's actually... It's, it's You know, M. Night Shyamalan is like... He wants to be Rod Serling. Did you watch any Twilight Zones on... Uh, Oh yes,
1: I did. Oh well, yes, I did.
0: Even if you have them on DVD or Blu-ray, it's, doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. You st- it's the surprise. It's like what one's coming next. Oh look, there it's 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 oh, almost that they one. They they did. Uh, I actually got a I got a good batch. Two two was was up. Uh, that's two what was I was really watching. High. Two, right, two was to
1: serve man. Yeah. Uh, he sing the body electric. Yeah. They had the uh, Shatner twenty thousand feet. Yeah. They had the Telly Savalas talking Tina doll. Oh, that's so good. They're, they're, oh, and the, I'm uh, talking
0: w- Tina and I don't like you
1: And the, the one I haven't seen for a while Which is uh, the one where Cliff Robertson Plays the uh, western guy who yeah. goes over the ridge And all of a sudden yeah. he's in 1960s America It's pretty great oh, the Twilight. Well Z-
0: anyway M. Night Shyamalan is no Rod Serling So he thinks up all these kind of Twilight Zone-y plots uh, All these kind of night gallery-esque plots And uh, they never really pan out But I will say this is better than uh, Last Airbender By a long shot Everything. No, My it,
1: last bowel movement was well, better than the last airbender. You got
0: you got five people trapped in an elevator, and one of them's the devil. There you go. Where is Waldo? It is. Uh, it, it it's not as good as you would expect that it should be from that kind of a setup. But the uh, the guy who directed it, uh, John Eric Dowdle who really should change his name because Dowdle is not a name that's going to win an Oscar.
1: Let's just let say that his wife will be keeping her maiden name.
0: Yes, absolutely. He, he takes an otherwise very pedestrian script and, and does really the best that he can with it. And uh, he'll be doing better work in the future, I guarantee you. Uh, the thing is real sharp on Blu-ray. It's got all this BD live pocket blue junk and a whole lot of uh, extras that are actually a little bit better than the movie in some respects. Um, really cool featurettes that are in high def as well So I would recommend this movie definitely on Blu-ray If you're going to watch it at all But otherwise, it's, uh, it is perfectly serviceable for a rental might even want to put that on your Halloween list
1: Look at that Now, uh, that film there, I actually saw them shooting that film Did you really? You know, I was in uh, Washington Square Park In uh, New York And uh, they were shooting a movie And I said, God, what is that movie that they're shooting? And they said, oh, it's the new Step Up film and I ran in the other direction. <laughs> well, now Step Up 3D. Uh, you know, here's the thing with Step Up 3D. It's a terrible movie, but the uh, dancing is great. It really is. You know what? I wish they could just take the whole take the plot away, take the acting away. These horrible actors. But uh, the dancing is fantastic. It really is.
0: And that's all there is, though.
1: That's all there is to it. That's all. That's the only thing to recommend from this film. So this is uh, Step Up three. This is a two disc set. The Blu Ray and the DVD uh, are both here. There's uh, some deleted scenes. And uh, there's a couple of uh, featurettes on it, which are nothing to write home about. The film is in 3D. Uh, meaningless. Meaningless. And uh, so, anyway, Step Up 3D, uh, Step Up 3, I don't. Uh, you know, there is an, I don't get it.
0: There's an unwritten rule that it says that any movie that is the third in a series must be in 3D so that you can do the 3D gizmo gimmick thing. Like Jaws 3D started that. Ooh, Jaws 3D. Remember that? What a mess that was.
1: Yeah, that's, not, yeah, that's true. I, I, I remember a Birth of a Nation three, Birth yeah. of a Nation 3D. Yeah, remember that? that was it was great. It's all like
0: I, I nearly got my eye poked out by one of those hats. I know, right? right? The, yeah. Remember
1: he, he tips the pointy hat into the camera <laughs> yeah. and it came right at you. Wow. Yeah, That was good times. Good, good times. times.
0: Uh, yeah, uh, you were a fan of that more than I was, I think, too.
1: Uh, I was okay with Despicable Me. I think that uh, it is not as good as uh, Megamind, and it is not as good as Toy Story 3.
0: But they made it relatively inexpensively, and it has made a ton of money.
1: It has made a ton of money. You know, this is pretty much, um, I'm going to go and say this is uh, uh, one of the, this has got to be one of the top-grossing, if not the top-grossing, uh, universal animated film, animated films, yeah. don't you think? Yeah. I mean, DreamWorks has had a couple of hits, Kung Fu Panda, and uh, the other thing. I yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
0: Universal. Well, it is, Fox's animation division pretty much has only Ice Age, and this has kind of put Universal on the map. They've done okay with this.
1: They did. This is um, this is uh, Steve Carell plays uh, the villain Gru, and of course, now this, this the story of this film is very similar to the story of Megamind. And I, again, I, I much prefer Megamind over this, but. Uh, this is still cute. Steve Carell, Steve Carell, he plays the world's greatest villain, and he meets these three orphan girls, and of course they turn him around and make him into a nice guy. But uh, it's cute. Kids will like it. Um, adults will not really be bored. This is a three-disc set. Now, as you know, it used to be a three-disc set meant th- went, meant one disc of the movie yes. and two discs worth of like extras goodness. Yeah. No, not I that would, way not, anymore. Not anymore, no. Three discs means one is the DVD, one is the Blu-ray, and one is a digital copy. Who cares? So to say it's a three-disc set is really um, disingenuous. Yes, yes, it, it is. It is deceptive.
0: But lots of, lots of goodies on there. But that, the movie's right. not bad. Yeah, I, it's okay. I, I, I like the uh, the minions. The minions made me laugh. They're cute. They are cute. but uh,
1: They look like little, little yellow pellets.
0: What I like on here is that you get these um, these uh, – they're, they're made special shorts for the Blu-ray. Uh, with the minions. So you get more minion.
1: I have to it's tell you though it's kind of like
0: the, like the penguins in Madagascar, which is the only which are the only good things about that movie.
1: Well, you know what the uh the Pixar shorts are always very clever.
0: Yes, they are.
1: When you see the Pixar movies projected, you're yeah.
0: like, "Oh, what's the short going to be? It's always really good." Yeah, no, always. Night and day this last year was really good on the head of Toy Story 3. I
1: was very surprised. You know, that was kind of an avant-garde little movie. Really,
0: it, it felt like something that would have been done in, you know, the late 60s. Didn't it? It had yeah. kind, of a, kind of an art deco-y and I that loved it. The vibe to it—it it was terrific. We get another terrific Kino Blu-ray release uh, this week of a movie classic: the completely restored Technicolor Douglas Fairbanks film, *The Black Pirate*. Uh, Kino has released a deluxe edition of this amazing, astonishing 1926 silent classic, and uh, it is—it is really great. I mean, this was originally two-strip Technicolor, and. Um, you know, before they added that third strip. And so if you've ever seen this in color previously, it was probably badly faded and not really done right. Because two-strip two Technicolor has a completely different vibe to it from uh, three-strip, obviously. And um, this is wonderful. This is just amazing. I mean, it is it is rich. And uh, it almost looks more... When, when three-strip came in, you know, it almost looked too good. The reds were really red and the blues were really blue and the greens were really green. That was the weird
1: thing about Technicolor.
0: And it just felt just oversaturated. It just Everything was, uh, was unrealistically vibrant, which is great in movies like The Wizard of Oz because that's the whole point. It's, it's somewhere else. But this almost feels like like a, a more recent modern film, the way the colors are muted and very natural and the location photography is just beautifully captured. Uh, You've got to just check this out. This is really, really great. Um, a lot of terrific extras on here uh, in addition to just the, um, the movie itself, which is terrific fun. You get the original 926 score by Mortimer Wilson. Uh, completely new Robert Israel uh, recording of it, uh, an organ score by Lee Irwin, which is fine. It's a little more uh, tepid. Uh, Rudy Bellmer, who does heaps of these commentaries, he's a great film historian, especially on The Silence, and a pleasure to listen to, does the audio commentary. And uh, you get a talky version of it, which I don't necessarily recommend, because it's got a narration by Douglas Fairbanks Jr., which is so-so. Um, no intertitles. It's kind of not the way the film was meant to be seen, and uh, then a uh, bunch of outtakes and uh, you know a little a uh, little bit of um, thing from the uh, Library of Congress, which has declared this one of their classics. You know they pick a few films every year, and some of them are perplexing, but this is uh, this is pretty great. So highly highly recommended for all cinephiles and anybody who wants to see a great movie. Um, Salt was the Angelina Jolie film that was originally supposed to be a Tom Cruise film. And uh, I actually sort of kind of liked it, even though it's a stupid plot that we've seen a million times before. Uh, Philip Noyce kind of returns to blockbuster studio filmmaking with this. You know, he had done all of those Tom Clancy films with Harrison Ford, and then he went back to Australia and made two very cool films back-to-back, Rabbit Proof Fence and... uh, uh, oh, I love Rabbit Proof Fence. Rabbit Proof Fence, is so great. good. Yeah, and the and uh, Michael Caine and Brendan Fraser in the Quiet American. Yes, and uh, he made those back to back. You know that he edited those two films simultaneously in adjacent editing rooms. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how a filmmaker gets his head into two movies, two good movies, simultaneously. That's incredible. Anyway. Well, it's
1: not something you can do
0: because, you know. No, because I'm I'm kind of remedial that way. But, <laughs> but no, noise is uh, just amazing. But he obviously said, hey, all these uh, guys are making, all these young kids are coming up making these big action films. I better go show them how it's done. And he really does because, like, the first 40 minutes of this film, uh, more or less, is a chase sequence, the likes of which will blow your mind. It's really great. After that, it gets incredibly silly, and you know exactly where it's going. But, um, you know, it's uh, it's it, from a technical standpoint fun to watch And certainly Angelina Jolie steps into a role Originally written for Tom Cruise And does a bang-up job It is, of course, about a spy Who may or may not be a Russian infiltrator And uh, it's, you know, kind of post-Cold War uh, crazy Russians So they're not quite the same as the old KGB Russians But, it's, uh, I, you know, it's got its moments I like this movie a lot
1: I really did. Yeah. I thought it was kind of old school '80s filmmaking. Yeah, it there was, was something about it that didn't seem that super slick Michael Bay BS that we've come to equate with yeah, big budget studio action filmmaking. There was something a little old school about it. And I liked it.
0: Three cuts on here, by the way. There are a couple of extended cuts. Why stop uh, at three? Yeah, it, it's not really... I mean, there's, there's stuff that, you know, is new, but it's not really that big of a deal. The, the theatrical cut's all you really need. And then tons and tons and tons of featurettes that are all really cool, so... Says Mark, you. Mark, I uh, I love Emma Stone, but I'm ashamed to admit I didn't see Easy a
1: You know, Wade, uh, let me say that... I uh, just missed it. I just missed you it. You did. Well, yeah. let me fill you in. Fill me in. Uh, Easy a was... Uh, You know what? When you really look at it, when you look at all the films that came out, and I know this is going out on a limb, gods at digigods.com, may I say that EZA was the uh, the biggest, most pleasant surprise of the year. In fact, I didn't even see this movie when it screened for critics because I had no interest. So I wound up seeing it uh, with a friend who paid for my ticket because I didn't want to see it. I would have seen the screening if I there wanted to go. see it, so I begrudgingly went, and you know what?
0: How about that? It
1: is, uh, it is just terrific. Cool. It is a terrific little surprise. Emma Stone uh, basically plays a high school student who somehow uses the, uh, the the sort of the rumor mill in her high school to advance her social standing within the school, and it moves fast. It's very clever. It's a star-making performance from her. It's got a great cast, including Stanley Tucci and Lisa Kudrow. And uh, uh, Thomas Hayden Church, Patricia uh, Clarkson's also in it. And uh, you know what? It's very funny. It's got a whip-smart script. It's uh, directed with a lot of flair by Will Glick, Gluck, whatever his name is. And um, the DVD or the Blu-ray includes a gag reel, Emma Stone's audition footage, and a commentary with Will Gluck and Emma Stone. And that's kind of fun. And uh, there's some Blu-ray exclusives, too. You don't need to see this on Blu-ray because it's not like it's a uh, cinematographer showcase, Al- although it is, it is, uh, it is uh, creatively uh, shot. A-, a lot of the blocking, a lot of the effects are kind of fun. But uh, you don't need to see it on Blu-ray unless you want to see the Blu-ray exclusive features, uh, including a making of and uh, uh, a little feature read about the movies of the 80s, which somehow wound its way, uh, found its way on this DVD. But uh, anyway, a big surprise. Easy A. I liked it a lot.
0: Awesome. And, well, as most everybody knows, I am a big fan of Hong Kong films, and uh, I love Jackie Chan movies in particular. Although, I have to say, his American films pale by comparison. That said, Rush Hour with uh, Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker is finally out on Blu-ray, and uh, it's an okay Blu-ray. Uh, they they could have done a better job. It, uh, they kind of spat this one out to try and get it out for the holidays, and the movie is still fun. I don't think your, an upconverted DVD is going to be that significantly less impressive. Uh, Tons of special features here that you've probably already seen or heard. uh, The Brett Ratner commentary, extra scenes, all that featurette stuff, and uh, that horrible Brett Ratner short film, Whatever Happened uh, to Mason Reese, which is just not very good. Uh, Music videos and uh, things of the sort. There's also a a really cool commentary on the isolated score with uh, Lalo Schifrin, who was only hired, and that's the one thing I will say about Brett Ratner. It was smart to hire Lalo Schifrin because he wanted to have some linkage to Enter the Dragon. You know, he wanted to sort of tie in the sensibility of, you know, connecting this movie to that movie. I get that. That's kind of a cool thing. That being said, I was on the set of uh, Rush Hour 2 or 3. Which one was it? I can't remember. I think it was 2. I think it was 2 I was on the set of for a couple of days. And, uh, yeah, it was 2. And, uh, boy, that was interesting. I'll relay those stories another time. Anyway, uh, Rush Hour on Blu-ray. And then also, this is what you got to get. But don't get rid of your criterion anytime soon because the criterion has stuff on it that you'll never, ever be able to replicate. But hard-boiled John Woo's classic is out from Dragon Dynasty on Blu ray as well. And uh, unfortunately, this has a Bay Logan commentary. But That's it's the, unusual. Yeah, but it's the same Bay Logan commentary as on the DVD that Dragon Dynasty released. I would not recommend the Dragon Dynasty uh, DVD. The Blu-ray, I do recommend, only because this is the only way you're going to be able to get this film here in Blu-ray, unless you go to one of those Asian uh, import sites and get the Blu-ray from Hong Kong. But even then, I'm not sure it's going to be a better transfer. It, that, that one's not particularly good, and this one's fine. It's adequate. It's not brilliant, but perfectly adequate. Better than the DVD. Worth checking out. Uh, all the, same interview, uh, all the, the features that you've had before, uh, especially the uh, interview with Terrence Chang, who I will say is a wonderful guy. Terrence Chang uh, really is just a, a terrific, terrific producer and a very, very smart man. And uh, I've met him a couple of times, and he's always very, very shrewd. He really is. It's like there's something going on behind the eyes.
1: That's why he's rich and famous and produces great movies. I
0: guess. Because he's, he's got
1: it going on behind the he's,
0: eyes. He's got it going on. What else you got there, Mark?
1: Oh, I have a film called The Matador. This was a couple years ago. This is directed by Richard Shepard, and this is kind of an okay little... Uh, little uh, skewed, slightly twisted, uh, kind of a buddy movie. Pierce Brosnan plays a hitman and uh, Greg Kinnear plays a salesman. They are the original odd couple. Uh, they meet up at a Mexican bar and then six months later, the hitman comes knocking on the salesman's door begging for help. And Pierce Brosnan sort of insinuates himself into uh, Greg Kinnear's family. Hope Davis plays uh, Kinnear's wife in the film. And, uh, you know, it's, it's cute. It's cute. R- Richard Shepard had a couple of films that weren't that bad. He's really kind of doing TV now. The Matador was probably his best film. Uh, he did another film called The Hunting Party, which I thought was uh, not as good as The Matador. Um, the Hunting Party was with – what are you doing, Wade?
0: I'm, I'm just organizing things.
1: Got it. The Hunting Party was with uh, Richard Gere and Terrence What the Hell Happened to Me, Howard. Um, He's
0: on uh, uh, Law and Order: Los Angeles. He is, yeah. Oh, He's a deputy DA.
1: It just didn't happen for him. He, the guy was like that. Guy was just like the burning flame of the sun for like eight seconds. He
0: blew it with Iron Man. I mean, he he asked for so much money they replaced him with Don Cheadle. Well, who's no, he was well, well, a bigger star.
1: But you know, they. I, I believe they wanted Don. I heard. Them, I heard they wanted Don Cheadle originally.
0: I who knows? But he asked for too much money, which may have been just the the opening they were asking for.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like, you don't like when you ask for a lot of money, sometimes you expect you just put that out there as the opening salvo and you expect a counter offer. And then you're like, okay, and then you close. But I think he really wanted all that money. And well, you didn't want to give it to him.
0: As long as we're talking about Hitman, we've got a couple more to, to get into here. This, it's kind of a Hitman theme right wait now. A show. Second, wait, wait a second. Wait a second. We what, have what? a giveaway. Tell everybody oh, yes,
1: that pulled out of your butt giveaway criteria you came up with.
0: And soon the darkness. With Bones and With a delicious girl. Amber Heard, Adet Yustman, and Carl Urban. This is kind of a, it's you know, two girls in Argentina, kind of a deliverance type thing. Uh, we're giving it away, thanks to the beautiful people at Anchor Bay. And uh, all you need to do is send us an email to gods at digigods.com. Put darkness in the subject and uh, give us a really cool limerick for 2011, which we'll read on the show. And get it to us by the 7th, not on the 7th. When the clock changes from January 6th to the 7th, that's when we want it.
1: Now, by the way, I've been told that I will be judging
0: the limericks. Yes, you will. You'll judge the limericks, and then we'll give it away.
1: Now, here's the thing, though. I'm not saying that you should write the limerick to my taste. I'm not like Robert Parker. No. You know Robert Parker, the uh, the, uh, the, the wine uh, critic? Yeah. Where producers literally, wine producers literally... They create wines just so Robert Parker will like them. They know what Robert Parker likes in a wine, and they make that wine just so Robert Parker will drink it, like it, and give it a high score. I'm not saying you should write a lyric, a limerick that includes, you know, the New York Mets or well,
0: you know, no, no, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't do, do that. that. Don't do that. Well, speaking of hitmen, we got a thing here. We got uh, a double feature of El Mariachi and Desperado, the Robert Rodriguez films. Uh, and then we have the third one in the series, Once Upon a Time in Mexico with uh, Johnny Depp and, and Antonio Banderas, of course, who was in uh, Desperado. But none of them were in El Mariachi because he had about a buck fifty to make El Mariachi. But uh, the complete trilogy Is available on Blu-ray Again the first two films On one And then uh, Once Upon a Time In Mexico on the second
1: I like those films I do
0: I Look here's the thing You El hate Ma- Robert Rodriguez Well we, ha- we both hate him Admit it No here's the <laughs> thing El Mariachi is a film That I respect On a certain level It was made for next to nothing And they made it Completely without sound And then he, It got picked up And they They continued to claim That it was still The little $6,000 film Or whatever Well it wasn't It was a $6,000 film With about a million dollars Worth of sweetening that went into it in terms of re-editing And color timing and, uh, and music and so forth So it got sweetened significantly By the time El Mariachi was released But it's still a noble film It's still very impressive And look, it launched his career for $6,000 uh, Desperado I, I, It's kind of a wannabe John Woo film I like parts of it I think other parts of it are really kind of stupid but uh, you know what? It, it's okay. The one I really hate is Once Upon a Time in uh, in Mexico. I just think it's horrible. I think Johnny Depp is embarrassing. I think it's yeah, but Johnny movie. Depp has no eyes. Yeah, I know it's it's just dreadful. And and uh, there are some very embarrassing performances in here. Mickey Rourke is in here. He's not good. Uh, Danny Trejo basically plays the same thing he's always played. Enrique Iglesias shows up for some reason but doesn't sing. And Willem Dafoe is horrible. Ruben Blades was okay. So anyway, lots of lots of uh, names, and Salma Hayek is always fun. I, I you know she was I, I interviewed her once. She was lovely, much brighter than you would think. You always assume beautiful women are just kind of ditzes. She's really smart, like incredibly smart. Uh, anyway, there's also a thing on here: the Blu-ray Cutting Room. Now, there are lots of stupid Blu ray extras on here and, and and movie Q and movie IQ is one of the worst ever conceived. But this thing on, on uh, once upon a time in Mexico, the, the this cutting room thing is the stupidest thing ever. It's the dumbest thing in the world. The idea is that you're supposed to like cut your own action sequence and then share it via B D live. I swear, who is going to do that? Zero. Nobody's gonna do that. Nobody. And is anybody going to buy it because you get to do that?
1: And by the way, I work at a major entertainment cable network, right? And on our website, we solicit videos.
0: Yep. And no one ever supplies. Zero. Yeah. Not one. No.
1: Not two. Zero. Zero. Nobody has ever uploaded a video Mm -hmm. to the website for my gigantic, enormous, one of the biggest cable networks in the world. Not amazing. We solicit videos for our website, record it. You know, we give you the subject matter, the question to answer, whatever it is. Answer it. Record yourself on your Flip, on your iPhone, whatever. Email it to us. Nobody.
0: You know, uh, a year or so after the death of Michelangelo Antonioni, two Antonioni films were released. That's that he, not that true. he did not make
1: what.
0: One of them was somewhere the Sofia Coppola film, which we're going to talk about again in just a moment. For See, a I don't good think, reason.
1: I don't think Sofia Coppola was ripping off Antonioni. I think Sofia Coppola was ripping off Sofia Coppola.
0: Ripping that's off Antonioni. <laughs> well, see, I really like Somewhere. Just I just, so think, I. I just think she's very m- influenced by Antonioni, and uh, I think Somewhere is a really good little Antonioni-esque film. I really I, do. You know
1: what? I think she's very influenced by her father, specifically the upbringing, because when you look at her movies, you can tell those are films that can only be made by somebody. Who grew up that way, knows about that level of fame and isolation. Absolutely. And loneliness. Absolutely. So
0: I feel that... Like well, well, we'll get to that in a moment. But the other Antonioni film, which is actually almost like a remake of The Passenger in many respects, was The American. Which I liked a lot. Which I liked a lot as well. But they marketed it like it was the Clooney supremacy... And uh, it, people hated it. I know people went to see it and they thought, what the hell is that? It's like it's, it's a guy who's building a gun for two hours I, it, with no action.
1: Well, here's... Because here's, the
0: marketing was totally deceptive. It
1: was. Here's, here's, the, uh, here's the quandary. Okay, you're the studio, right? You're the studio.
0: You greenlit the thing. You have to own it.
1: You, you're the studio. You've just been handed a two-hour film about a guy who builds a gun. Now, what you can do is you can sell that movie and... Probably nobody will see it. Or yeah. you can sell it as a thriller, make what you can in the first weekend. Then by the time word of mouth spreads that the movie's about a guy who builds a gun for two hours, yeah. you've already made your first weekend money, I I, and you can just same.
0: worry about the DVD. you got to be honest. you got to own it. you got to tell people. It's an art film with George Clooney, and he's a hitman who doesn't really perform any hits. It's meditative. It's very interior. It's got some great performances, and it's very much psychological. So I thought it was a terrific film, beautifully, beautifully directed by Anton Corbin, uh, who I think is, is you know a really first-rate director I, I don't know if he'll get any more studio gigs after this But I think he's a first-rate director uh, You get some deleted scenes And uh, featurette And then a Corbin commentary Which is terrific I say get this only on Blu-ray The Blu-ray and digital copy combo uh, Not the DVD Because it's a gorgeously photographed film And in the, D- the Blu-ray it just pops In a, in a fabulous way uh, Focus did a great job on this I credit the Focus people probably more than Universal people because Universal's Blu-rays sometimes disappoint me. But um, this one, really, really nice. Very nice. Bunch of BD live and pocket blue stuff that I just don't even bother with anymore, but uh, really, very, very sharp. George Clooney, terrific. And did he loke out for this, man? He worked out. Oh, yeah. The guy, like... He's like 50 years old. Yeah, but he's he's got the body working. It's pretty great. Anyway, moving on. Yes. Mark? Yes? You, you, you just grabbed the spaghetti. Should we talk about the spaghetti? Why we have uh, I thought you told me
1: I, I thought you told me we couldn't talk about the spaghetti. Well, we can
0: talk about the spaghetti. All right. Talk yeah, about the
1: guess, spaghetti. We can talk
0: about the spaghetti. Before we move on to some other movies, but I saw that you grabbed it, so we might as well.
1: You we, know, we were
0: sent uh, some spaghetti uh, this week.
1: Can I say c- – before we talk about the spaghetti, can I say that Garfield is the stupidest cat comic ever? It's not funny. I, it, he has nut. Garfield does not resemble a cat in any way, shape, or form. I'm sorry. Cats don't like lasagna. Cats don't kick dogs off tables. There's nothing this cat... I don't even know. He doesn't have to be a cat. Why be... Be a a dog. Be a a rabbit. Be a hamster. It doesn't matter. We're
0: going to get back to movies again in a second, but Mark grabbed the spaghetti, so we're going to talk about The Garfield Show, All You Need Is Love, and then in parentheses... And pasta.
1: Yeah, because See, we all know that cats like pasta, <laughs> don't they? <laughs> this is the <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> these are uh, these are episodes of the Garfield show um, that aren't particularly it. funny. I just don't get it. Mother Garfield desperately seeking Pooky. So why the they parents, send us? Okay, no one cares pet about matchers, that. matchers, yeah, whatever. Yeah.
1: So who who sent us the spaghetti?
0: Well, the wonderful people at Vivendi, because the uh, since all you need is pasta or love and pasta. They figured, well, we'll send them some pasta with a Garfield sticker on that's it. That's really
1: what it is. You know, this is – here's the thing. It's not the, even the,
0: pasta. It's not even Garfield no, brand pasta. No,
1: this is, this is pasta that they bought at the store, probably the cheapest pasta in the world, and they just stuck a sticker on it saying Garfield on DVD January 4th.
0: And that, that way they hope that we will say nice things about it. And they're
1: wrong. <laughs> Garfield is stupid. It's just – like I don't like the strip. I don't like the show. I don't like the movie. I don't uh, get
0: it. It's too funny. But they, but they sent us
1: pasta. Yes, they, you know what? And by the way, I wanted to give this pasta away, but you wouldn't let me. Well, I just uh, want to say, folks, I was—I wanted to feed you. I didn't just want to entertain you; I wanted to feed you. It's not even a—it's—it's it's a sticker. It's regular pasta. They could buy it at the store. Yeah, but it's pasta. But it does have a Garfield sticker. Uh, the Blu-ray of the 1991 uh, Ron Howard film Backdraft is available. This has been totally remastered. It's a good-looking movie. It's beautifully shot. Some of the. Uh, Some of the fire uh, effects, the way they were able to shoot the fire was very unique for the time. This was 20 years ago. My God. And uh, so it's good. It's a good movie. It's with um, Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, Scott Glenn. uh, De Niro's in it. Donald Sutherland's in it, and uh, it's a good movie. About uh, two brothers who are firefighters, and uh, they have like a sibling rivalry thing going. And uh, a lot of the um, bonus features here, some of them were on the uh, original uh, DVD. There's also uh, some new stuff, and uh, it's good. I like Backdraft. good movie.
0: I think it's basically Top Gun with firefighters, but uh, it, it's, it's adequate. It's one of Ron Howard's more, less objectionable formula programmers.
1: Well, also, Ron Howard's back in the news now because he has a new film coming out uh, next week.
0: His first ever January movie. Congratulations, the, Ron Howard.
1: You've now made a movie so bad it needs to be released in January.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, I think they're releasing it in January. It was always slated for January, but that whole gay comment thing uh, right. really kind of uh, tanked their marketing. So, anyway. Uh, we were talking about Sofia Coppola and Somewhere, which I hope continues to do well. Um, it is kind of a translation, a Lost in Translation sequel of sorts. And Lost in Translation, her Oscar-winning uh, film with Bill Murray and Scarlett uh, Johansson, which really kind of nudged Scarlett Johansson into uh, leading lady status, is now on Blu-ray. And uh, I just love this film. Uh, the reason they're obviously putting this out is to promote Somewhere, and it includes a preview of Somewhere. So they're obviously making every effort to piggyback the one film on the other somewhere is a i'm not going to say one is better than the other somewhere is a much more interior and meditative film which is saying something because this is already pretty interior and meditative but this is also a funnier film there's not a lot of humor in somewhere and there's a lot of humor in this bill murray uh, just really rips it up and yet not in that hysterical way it's just the uh, the fish out of water experience in japan for that aging actor and scarlett johansson is the uh, fellow american wife of a photographer neglected wife of a photographer who they just happen to connect they're americans in a foreign land and it is a beautiful wonderful sweet antonioni-esque film and uh, i could not love this film anymore this was my favorite film of the year and it is long overdue on blu-ray and uh, go out buy it right now Give me, give me give me my favorite film of the year <laughs> painful person I do and, love that movie. And, and then a uh, movie that I'm not that fond of is the Last Exorcism. But I got to say, Eli Roth threw his name on this, uh, it, strictly a presentation credit, and uh, that alone I think gave it a nudge. And it uh, this thing maybe cost a buck fifty, and it made a ton of money in two weeks, and that was it. It was done. But you know what? It made money. Probably more profitable than most studio blockbusters. This has gazillions of extras on it. This is a a Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy combo set. Gazillions of extras. Everything from a teaser trailer they had at the Cannes Film Festival, actors audition footage, uh, featurettes, audio commentaries galore. Um, It's just, I mean, truly, like three audio commentaries. It just, there's no end to it. So um, uh, here's the thing. The movie itself really only works if you accept. It's it's a weird kind of mock documentary because it's an, uh, I'm trying to figure out how to even put this without giving too much away. The idea here is that you've got a guy who used to he's kind of a, a Marjo Gortner figure, right? He uh, he's a he's a preacher, and he uh, he's has done these phony exorcisms for years, and now for these documentarians, he's going to kind of reveal the tricks of the trade, right? He's going to show them exactly what uh, what he does to sort of fake these exorcisms. And he goes and he answers one of the letters, which is some guy out in the middle of the bayou somewhere who he thinks his daughter is possessed. And so the guy goes out and he says, look, uh, this is, you know, the girl's probably just you know, sick or something or whatever. And, of course, things don't quite go as planned. Everything goes a little bit haywire. The thing is, the movie goes from being a documentary to almost unedited raw found footage, like in that Cloverfield way at a certain point. And it crosses the line in a very disingenuous way, and then it just goes full on into Rosemary's Baby territory at the end, and it's completely ridiculous. And you completely see it coming. But
1: it, it, it goes full Monty? It goes full it retard? It goes full Rosemary. It goes full retard? It goes
0: full Rosemary. The only thing that was missing was uh, Shelley Winters as the you know evil satanic priestess awesome yeah it's the only thing it needed but anyway look it made its money and uh this genre isn't particularly demanding anyway so that's on blu-ray perfectly acceptable but i'm sure the dvd is acceptable as well and going from exorcism I to didn't see this i know you didn't <laughs> i didn't intend for you to talk to that one. this is my dog skip uh i have a theory about frankie Muniz. by the way mark mm. what is that uh frankie Muniz. Uh, And I once actually sent an email to some friends With pictures to prove the point Uh, Frankie Muniz Has the same Like if you were to take David Cassidy At 30 years old And put his head on a 12 year old kid It would be Frankie Muniz It is creepy how much Frankie Muniz Looks like a 30 year old David Cassidy Terrifying
1: Gods, it did you
0: Thank you. Diane Lane and uh, Kevin Bacon are uh, just strapping in this. Frankie Muniz is annoying. Luke Wilson is uh, kind of nice. But the star of this movie is the dog. My dog skipped. Uh, has become kind of a family classic. And it is now on Blu-ray. I can't say that I'm blown away by the Blu-ray. Warner Brothers you, normally does better work than this. I think this was just shot out there for Christmas. Uh, it, you know, A couple of audio commentaries, including one with Frankie Muniz and the other with the director, Jay Russell. It's fine. Uh, but if you have it on, on DVD, don't necessarily upgrade. I'm sure something better and a bigger special edition will come out at some point in the future. But they did not exactly put an awful lot of work into this one. And, uh, and before Mark gets into this uh, friggin' internet nightmare Howl is out on Blu-ray uh, Did Howl even get a theatrical release? Uh,
1: ba- ba- barely It was like vaguely. a week and a half and it, 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 uh, it was like a festival thing People were talking about it at various festivals And in the end, it did, you know what? I mean, look, wh- who's going to see this movie?
0: Well, I don't know uh, It's the better performance by an actor that I thoroughly dislike uh, which is James Franco. Uh, James Franco plays Allen Ginsberg and does a really good job of it. This is a Blu-ray that they sent us from Oscilloscope who actually has done a really sharp Blu-ray here. And uh, there are some, you know, this is basically, a, a, it, it's not the life of Allen Ginsberg. It is uh, an episode from the life of Allen Ginsberg that is somewhat scandalous and uh, noteworthy. And um, it, it's if you don't know the history... You might want to take a look at the film But James Franco really does a very believable, credible Allen Ginsberg As opposed to 127 Hours Where I think it's an unbelievably overrated performance Anyway, you get the Blu-ray and the DVD here But get this for the Blu-ray Because it really is a very well shot film Beautifully mastered by Oscilloscope And uh, terrific supporting cast here Uh, I mean, really, really great cast Jeff Daniels is terrific Uh, John Hamm, so good That guy is so underrated as an actor David Strathern is very, very good um, Bob Balaban Treat Williams Really just terrific So Mary Louise Parker By the way it Pops up in this too uh, So check that out Howl In the usual Oscilloscope Eco-packaging Even on Blu-ray Mark Hi Wade Tell me about Internet dating
1: Oh I know all about that uh, Catfish Is the uh, Controversial Uh Documentary, hint, hint, wink,
0: wink, not, not. See that debate's still going on? Uh, you know it, what? Well, was people it? are stupid. Is it or is it not?
1: Whatever. You know what? Stop is it. it. Memorex? Just it's 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 Memorex. Just stop it, please, folks. Uh, two filmmakers, uh, d- uh, two filmmakers, wound up following one of the one of the filmmakers' brother, who had met somebody online, and they wind up finding this girl, going to drive to meet her after she and the brother had communicated for over like six months online. So they drive out to, you know, wherever this girl lives, Michigan, whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, what happens there cannot be said because it gives away all the surprise of this wink-wink documentary. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, you know what it is? It's just uh, – uh, uh it's not that the film isn't effective. I think I think it's fine. But you know what? This is – the movie is a product of its time not because it, uh, it involves internet dating or whatever. It's a product of its time because it shows how, how a couple guys with an idea and a camera and a little bit of money can make something unique and they can get it out there into festivals and get some attention. That's really why it's a product of its time more than it's about internet dating. Um, so in that sense, you know, it's definitely – it will definitely keep you going. Yeah, you know,
0: right. it's
1: pretty interesting. I, I just think that, uh, uh, you know, these guys pulled a fast one on everybody. And God love them for it, but this is not a documentary, and, so there's no, you, and, and there's no reason to get the Blu-ray.
0: And so you're saying it's uh, just a big crazy hoax?
1: Indeed it is. Oh yeah, indeed it is. Right. But that's okay. Whatever. They they did it. They got they got. A, but, but what I'm curious about is, it's almost like the uh, what's it called the Blair Witch Project. Right. You know, all those guys have done nothing since then. They had their moment. They they fooled everybody, and now they're dead. These guys could be the same way.
0: Uh, Joel Schumacher is still out there Kicking up a storm The guy just will not make The same film twice Which I really admire And he's Even when he makes A pile of crap studio film And he's just It's a total job for hire Or some big Big budget thing Like uh, uh, Phantom of the Opera Which I uh, really liked a lot I mean I thought his Phantom of the Opera Was terrific Uh, Although it was about You know Ten years too late Um, Then he'll go And he'll do some Interesting little You know Low budgety Kind of indie thing Like Twelve now 12 is a, is a Fox film. It's not that low budget or that indie, but it um it's kind of it's a bit of a risk. It's not entirely successful, but you look at it and you go, you know what, Joel, you you still you're still mixing it up and I respect that. Uh it's got a very interesting cast that includes um Emma Roberts and 50 Cent and Ellen Barkin and um it's based on a novel uh, basically about the impact that this new drug, this like kind of new super drug has when uh it kind of feeds its way into the lives of uh, of a certain network of people, um, not as good as it probably should have been, but certainly interesting and uh, worth checking out. Good rental, I'd say. Rented on DVD, not worth checking out on Blu-ray. It's not that good, but Emma Roberts really, really good in it. The the woman is a very underrated actress, and uh, keep rocking it. She is got a future ahead of her. This Roberts girl. Oh she's, yeah. She's got good genes.
1: She got does.
0: So shall we uh, jump into some television right now?
1: We should, Wait. How much time we have left in the uh, show?
0: We've got about uh, 10 minutes left, well, uh, little, uh, little, little, a little more. Well, then you
1: got pick judiciously.
0: We'll pick judiciously. We'll just make a note that there's a horrible, horrible uh, Yogi Bear movie out there right now in 3D that should – that just you don't go see it. But you might want to rent uh, a couple of these Yogi Bear DVDs. We got one uh, Yogi's Great Escape. This is from the Warner Archive collection, which is available only online. You have to have them stamp this thing out for you. So go to WarnerArchive.com and look for Yogi's Great Escape. This is actually an awful lot of fun. I uh, I really enjoy this. It's a feature-length film uh, made, you know, right after they finished the uh, Yogi Bear series. Ninety-three minutes in length. Actually, very very fun. A lot of other uh, famous Hanna-Barbera characters show up in this. And then uh, Yogi Bear's all-star comedy Christmas caper, which, of course, was sent to us after Christmas. That's smart. Uh, But if you still want to be watching Christmas specials, uh, by all means, go check it out. And uh, let's see here, Mark. Uh, What are we going to talk about? Uh, Hold on. Let's uh, judiciously pull some stuff. You know what? My wife, discerning taste that she has, fine art film uh, connoisseur. Cannot get enough of Billy the Exterminator on A&E.
1: I've never heard of that.
0: You haven't? No. Billy the Exterminator is this goateed redneck with a mullet who goes around to people who have a problem with pests. They may be rodents. They may be insects. Anything from termites to rats to squirrels. Sometimes possums getting in the woodshed. And he has all kinds of strategies for basically ridding them of their pests. Now, if the pests have fur... He never kills them. He just figures out how to trap them and then let them loose in the wild again. Yeehaw. But if they're bugs, he will squash, burn, fry, roast, cook, and capture those bugs and do all kinds of nasty things to them. This is the most disgusting show I have ever seen in my life. It's on A&E. It's on A&E. My wife loves this show. Go figure. From Christoph Kieslowski to Billy the Exterminator. Uh, anyway, it's, uh, it's got a new season going, and uh, we got season one and two now out on DVD and uh I, you know what I, I guess there's some kind of sick fun to this thing but it just really it's it this is like this is you know the rednecks are taking over television this is just white trash central man is this just it's deeply deeply disturbing uh the only one that i actually <laughs> that I actually enjoyed there's an episode where there's a there's a um like a beaver that's running amok which is actually kind of funny that's entertaining the beaver made me laugh uh
1: Side.
0: Oh come on! You know you love it. You love the beaver. Well, I don't love the beaver,
1: but I do love the BBC High Definition Natural History Collection Two, featuring Life.
0: Ooh, that's good on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's He's, a good set.
1: Now this is one of the first. Uh, the
0: photography on that is fabulous. That w- stuff is so so beautifully done. Well, the, like, the, that well, that's, this stuff that's, is all great. That's reference standard for your Blu-ray.
1: Oh yeah. Well, look if 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 you're a nature uh, if you're if you're a nature lover, Yellowstone, Battle for Life, South Pacific, not the musical. Uh, Nature's most amazing events and life, which was narrated by David Attenborough, all in a big uh, Blu-ray set, all packaged up for Blu-ray goodness, and uh, it's great. You know what? It's it's a bunch of nature footage on Blu-ray, shot in high def that looks terrific. That's really all it is. I mean, these are all terrific uh, documentaries, and uh, it's good stuff. Obviously, Swanky, this is the, obviously this is for the uh, the the, the year old man plus in your family.
0: Awesome. Now, until Robert Downey shows up again in his uh, in his other franchise uh, as Sherlock Holmes, Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes, who would ever have cast the same actor as Iron Man and Sherlock Holmes? I, I, I thought know, what the universe would that have ever happened.
1: I thought the Sherlock Holmes casting was so odd. But it kind of works. Yeah, it worked because we love Robert Downey Jr., but it just seems strange.
0: Well, uh, even better than that, I think, is uh, season one of Sherlock, which is the new BBC series that has Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman (laughs) as uh, as the – it's kind of the same idea. It's a young Holmes and Watson, but actually it works out better. Benedict
1: Cumberbatch. That guy is not from Boise, Idaho. (laughs) Isn't
0: that the most incredibly British name in the world? Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. No, he's really good. I mean, we've seen these guys in a lot of stuff. Martin Freeman is terrific. Uh, this was shown here on Masterpiece Season 1, now on Blu-ray, and uh, it's worth it. It's worth it. This is a really well-shot show, very well-written, and uh, a very nice kind of reinvention of it by uh, some guys who used to write for Doctor Who. And uh, it, it's, really, it's really terrific. Uh, three episodes here. And uh, you gotta check that out. That's good. And if you wanna go real old school on it, well, you know what else is out? Ian Richardson's Sherlock Holmes and The Hound of the Baskervilles. Now, The Hound of the Baskervilles was done, has been done dozens of times. Well, maybe not dozens, maybe like five times. But um, it, this is actually really one of the better ones, I gotta say. This is um, Ian Richardson. You wouldn't normally think of necessarily as Sherlock Holmes, but he does a very, very good job. I won't say this is the best version of The Hound of the Baskervilles, but it is a worthy uh, worthy one. And that remains, for some reason, the um, the most popular Holmes novel still, Hound of the Baskervilles, even though I prefer The Sign of the Four. But uh, you can check that out. That's from uh, BFS, so go and uh, give that a look as well. And then, uh, as long as we uh, were making mention of Doctor Who, there is also Doctor Who Revenge of the Cybermen from the Tom Baker years. uh, Also now out on uh, DVD from BBC. Uh, Real kind of just refreshingly cheesy. The Cybermen show up constantly on Doctor Who, if you uh, are a follower over any period of time. They are kind of like if, uh, if Princess Leia had mated with the Tin Men or with the Tin Man and the Wizard of Oz. This is what their offspring would have looked like.
1: Oh, I, I've already yeah. worn out that porn film in my VHS there collection. You go. So go check that out.
0: Uh, anything, anything over there that you have in, under your thumbnail, Mark? Oh,
1: would you, anything that I would like to maybe? Uh, okay, you know what? Hi, oh, I got a couple things here.
0: Oh, some music stuff.
1: Yes, Frank Zappa, An Evening with Frank Zappa, during which the torture never stops. That is the name of the DVD. Rock Frank on. Zappa, the torture never stops. This has. Um, a bunch of his really cool songs Frank Zappa was, uh, was the coolest uh, Jumbo Go Away Teenage Wind Black Napkins uh, Beauty Knows No Pain Charlie's Enormous Mouth Harder Than Your Husband Bamboozled by Love all sorts of great Frank Zappa songs um, when I was actually overseas I, there's, a, uh, there's a, a Frank Zappa statue in, uh, in Prague and this is like back in the 80s when you couldn't just take a picture and email it to people I took a photo of it, took it home, and I was working on a talk show. Actually, this, this is in the early 90s. Uh, working on a talk show, and I printed out the photo, and I presented it to Zappa's widow, who was a guest on the show that night. And she had only heard about the statue but had never seen it because, again, this is pre-internet. And uh, it was a big thrill. It was a big thrill. I took the time to uh, – I mean, I took the photo when I went to the city just because I wanted to. But when I heard that Zappa's widow was booked on the show, I – dug the photo out, had it blown up, had it mounted, presented it to the widow. She was very appreciative, and very nice. it was a really cool little moment for me. Uh, Velvet Revolver, live in Houston. Velvet Revolver, this is from 2005 in Houston, Texas. This, is, uh, this was in support of the album Contraband, which I actually have, which is to say that I um, downloaded for free. Oh, I didn't do that, did I? Yes, I did. And uh, this is kind of a super group, because it's made up of um, people from Guns N' Roses and Stone Temple Pilots, two bands that I love and uh here you go all the um, all these songs from that first velvet revolver album on blu-ray we have a really special uh, little number for you called BG's in our time yeah baby
0: I know what I'm gonna be watching tonight
1: well this is a movie this is uh all about their career and from their beginnings to their success in the 70s and of course they lost the, the you know Maurice and Andy of course have uh, since died and it's uh, the interview the Surviving Brothers and they show some great old clips and they get their star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. This is two hours of
0: BG's goodness
1: on Blu-ray. BG's in our own time.
0: Alright, Mark, we're going to wrap out by talking about some Battlestar Galactica. And I know I've I've never been kind to the new Battlestar Galactica world, but I'm going to be a little bit even now that it's been canceled, I gotta say I, I have watched a bit of Caprica. A little bit here on Caprica um, season one point five, which includes the five unaired episodes. Not that I ever knew that going in, and I have to say, I actually this is a, this has more in common with um, with the the original, much maligned nineteen seventy nine Battlestar Galactica, than um, than Battlestar Galactica the reboot itself. And uh, still not, you know, I, I still have some issues with it, but I'm a little bit, I've warmed a little bit more to it. So um, Caprica, even though it's been canceled, season 1.5 on DVD with these unaired episodes, I, I would say worth at least a rental. And then we also have on Blu-ray the unrated extended edition of Battlestar Galactica Razor, which was kind of like the, uh, the, 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 the movie that they threw together after the thing got canceled uh, where they just couldn't let it go. Still doesn't really work for me, but uh, this is the you know the untold story of the Pegasus, which I much preferred on the original series when uh, Lloyd Bridges was the commander of the Pegasus. That was swinging, man. That was really swinging. Lloyd Bridges, Jing. Lloyd Bridges, dude. That's anyway, That's uh, being a nerd, yeah, it's totally me nerding Jing. out, but absolutely. And then uh, this is the one that the uh, real fans are going to want to just uh, go crazy for: season four on Blu-ray, Battlestar Galactica. The reboot uh, with un- just an unwieldy amount of BD Live material here that you can access, uh, including a battle card game, which is just even as nerded out as I am, assuming that I even liked this series as much as some people do, that would be going way too far, way too far, way too far. Uh, extra features here, though, a lot of high def stuff, uh, featurettes and uh, kind of. They're sort of resigning themselves to the fact that this is a uh, they need some retrospective stuff here so uh, lots of uh, lots of kind of tying up the series tying up the loose end stuff and um, this even includes an unrated extended edition of razor itself so you don't necessarily have to go out and buy razor separately anyway. That wraps it up. We are glad to be back. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. It's going to be an exciting 2011. We've already seen a lot of uh, new titles announced for this year. It is going to be a loaded year. Uh, Blu-ray, DVD, 3D Blu-ray. Um, it's just it's uh, unbelievable. They're really trying to keep these formats alive and uh, hoping that a lot of these changes reinvigorate the format. So we're going to be getting streaming, and uh, pay-per-view and pay to download and pay to Blu-ray and blue to pay-ray. It's, it's out of control. 2011, coming at you. GodsDigigods.com.
1: 2011, coming at you. That's By it. the way, coming at you was, was the name of a 3D movie.
0: Oh, well, there we go. Remember that? Perfect way to sign out.